My name is Jonathan Nato, and I am in New England, where we are currently the World Series champions. And I am Hamad Zaidi, and I am in Redondo Beach, which is Los Angeles, and we are currently back-to-back World Series losers. There you go. And this is Limping on Cloud Nine. Yes, it is. So, man, today I'm still in mourning. I am still in mourning from this World Series, right? So today I wanted to share uh, one of my experiences at the World Series, but I want to share the game that I, I actually didn't even go to. Okay, all right. I, I went to game four, you know, the game where in inning six, Yasiel Puig hits a three-run home run to make it 4-0 Dodgers. Yep. And let me just say, and this is true, this year, my beloved Los Angeles Dodgers were 54-0 and when leading by four runs. Wow. That's, 50, a, that's a ridiculous stat. 54-0 and when leading by four runs. So it was 1-0, and then Puig crushes a home run in the bottom of the sixth inning of game four. And I literally leaped out of my seat, (laughs) literally. And I turned around to this guy who was talking to me. I thought he was a Dodgers official because he had this like laminate pass on and all that. And so I'm like, how long have you been with the Dodgers? And he goes, Oh, I'm not with the Dodgers. I actually supply all the toilet paper to Dodger Stadium. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. He goes, I give Dodger Stadium their toilet paper, their plastic forks, their knives, blah, blah, blah. Right? So, he's, you know me, I talk to everybody. Yeah, yeah. But he had this official Dodgers thing on, so I thought, man, I might be talking to somebody really important with the team. Right, right. right. But having said that, the dude was really important with the team. If there's no forks and knives and toilet paper, Dodger Stadium would be hell. Exactly. <laughs> right? So I turned around right after Puig's home run, and I give, you know that 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 um, image when you slice your neck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You go, I'm, like, <laughs> it's, it, I'm like, it's over. The socks are done. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then inexplicably... Rich Hill, the Dodgers pitcher. Now, think about this. I know you, you used to play baseball, so I know you understand this, right? Yeah, yep. Rich Hill pitched six and a third innings. Mm. So he was in the seventh inning. He got one out, right? Yep. Six and a third innings. He gave up one hit. Okay. Not one run, one hit. Yeah. And they pull him. Never take out a pitcher when he's doing well. Hot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They pull him, and what happens? The re- your your Boston Red Sox score nine runs in the final three innings to win the game. Man, it sounds like your Dodgers your Dodgers pulled off uh, you know New England style way of losing. Like uh, I was telling you, we were talking, and the Red Sox were up two games to nothing. I was like. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to get excited because, you know, in, in New England, the Celtics always find a way to get to the championships and choke. And the Bruins, same thing. Red Sox have been known to do the same thing throughout the years. In the playoffs, you know, they have like, you know, the last four, five, six years, they have really good record. They go into the playoffs and they lose the first round, you know? So it's like, yeah. it's like I, I'm, I'm not even going to get excited until they actually just seal the deal, you know? Well, 
It was really depressing. But honestly, and I said this on Facebook the day after the World Series, or actually the night of the World Series, Sunday night when it ended. Yeah. The Sox were just better. They were a lot better. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like, last year, I think the Dodgers should have beat Houston. Yeah. But this year, man, the Sox were just way better. Yeah. Clearly better. But... That disgusting game is not what I wanted to share. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to share game three, which was the longest playoff game in the history of baseball. Mm. Right? Ironically, I want to talk about the game that I didn't actually go to because I had a really unique and odd experience. That's what I want to share. Okay. All right? So let's start with the fact that for some stupid reason, and this I will never like, UCLA football has started to play one or two Friday night games. Oh, okay. Which is fine outside the fact that traffic in L.A. is horrific. Yeah. It, it's the worst traffic in the United States. And that's not my opinion. That's actually true. Yeah. It's the worst traffic in the U.S. So – you take that and you put it on top of the fact that you've got seventy-five to 90,000 people going to a football game on the busiest traffic day in the busiest traffic city. Yeah. Right? That wasn't well thought out. No, no, it wasn't. So I've been a season ticket holder for the Bruins since like 93, so forever. So I wasn't going to miss my Bruins, right? Yeah. So I told everybody I'll go to a World Series game over the weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, and I'll go see UCLA. So me and my buddy Myron go to the UCLA game at the Rose Bowl. Here's what's interesting, man. The UCLA game started at 7.30 at night. The Dodgers World Series game three started at 5.09 p.m. Yeah. It started two hours and 21 minutes before the football game. Right. Dude, the football game was over a couple hours before. <laughs> before the, the baseball before the, game was. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so here's what happened, and I want you to imagine this. I'm not even watching the football game, <laughs> primarily because we're getting our butts kicked, right? Who would you guys play? Utah. Okay. And. The final score was 41 to 10. Oh, that, that's, that's bad. <laughs> so it was, that's not good. I mean, 11 to 10 still would have beat us, right? Right. You only scored 10. Right. <laughs> but 41 to 10, right? Yeah. Here's where it gets fun. At the end of the football game, and that game thankfully ended because it was painful to watch. At the end of the football game, we're leaving the Rose Bowl, and as we're leaving, my buddy Myron goes, hey, dude, look, the Dodger game is on. Yeah. They just propped up a huge 60-inch TV, and there was about (laughs) 25 people crowding around this TV. Yeah. So he goes, man, you want to watch the Dodger game instead of listen to it on radio? And I'm like, hell yeah. So he walked over, and the other weird thing about the Rose Bowl that a lot of people don't understand is there's a golf course there. Oh, really? 
And and during football games, they let you park on the golf course, which again is totally odd. Why would a golf course? Yeah, I was, I was allow say, thousands of cars to park on it. Exactly, right? I was going to say that's not good for the fairway. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, this was on the grass, and there's this table with um, a big TV and about twenty five people. Did they have like an antenna hooked up to it, or what, how were they? Yeah, yeah. They had their own satellite dish. So it was like a really that's, clean picture, dude. It was like hilarious. watching a big TV. That's funny. And we're going pitch by pitch, and all these people are excited to watch the Dodgers, right? Yeah. And then it goes to the 13th inning, the 14th inning, the 15th inning. In the 15th inning, there's this couple right in front of us, and Max Muncy was – at bat, right? Yeah. He, he's a young Dodger. He's a really interesting story himself. I don't know if you've heard what Muncie did, but check this out. That dude um, was, play, was playing in the minor leagues this year in April. Oh, wow. He was playing in the minors in April. He got called up to the Dodgers, and he hit 35 home runs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right. That's ridiculous. It's it's crazy, right? So Muncie was at bat, and I'm like, end it, Max. End it, Max. End it, Max. Just end it, right? This woman sitting in front of us turns around and points to me, and she goes, you need to leave, <laughs> right? And I'm like, I'm like, what? And she goes, you need to leave. You Boston fans need to leave. And I'm looking at her like, I go, I'm a lifelong Dodger fan, right? And she looks at me and she goes, you keep on saying to end it. And I just look at her and I'm like, I mean hit a home run. Right. That's what I mean. End it. As in. Put it to bed. She goes, no, you're rooting for the pitcher. I'm like, why would I be rooting for the pitcher? I'm saying Max, end it. Max is the batter's name. Right? Yeah. Anyway, that gets resolved. And then he crushes a hit, right? And it looks like the game's over. Yeah. He misses the foul pull by about six inches. Man. Like it's a foul ball by six or seven inches. Wow. Right? It's crazy. So then he gets out. He strikes out on the next pitch, and it goes on. Inning number 16, these cops... Ride their car by. Yeah. And these cops are like on their, uh, you know, their loudspeaker. Yeah. They go, we can only give you 20 more minutes, people. We can only give you 20 more minutes. And then they were inside the, their cop car, right? Yeah, yeah. They only give you 20 more minutes. And then the other cop grabbed the CB and he goes, go Dodgers, go Dodgers, right? Yeah. And then they never came back because it took longer than 20 minutes. Yeah. So they weren't. They didn't kick us out. Yeah. That was inning number 16. In inning number 18, the same guy that missed the um, the home run by six inches, Max yeah. Muncy. Yep. 18th inning, I think there was one out. He just crushed a home run to end the game. Man. And the longest <laughs> game in the history of Major League Baseball playoffs was played. It was seven hours and 20 minutes. 
That's insane. Isn't that crazy? It is. But at that point, <laughs> players on the teams must have been like, what do I have to do to just give someone a run? Like, let's just end this game. Like, <laughs> well, You know what's crazy? They played 18 innings, which means they played two full games. That's ridiculous. Right? Yeah. And so here's another. There's two other fun stats about that game. Think about this. 651 pitches were thrown. Yeah, the bullpen must have been just empty that night. It's completely. 651 pitches were thrown, right? And I also heard a rumor, and this wasn't confirmed, but there's a rumor they're talking about in sports radio. Mm. They almost ran out of balls. Oh, yeah, from like foul balls or whatever. Like, because yeah, they start with 120 balls. Yeah. They ran out. They start with 10 dozen balls. Man. Could you yeah. imagine if they ran out of balls that, and they look at the, they looked up at, at the crowd and said, "Excuse me, people that have caught foul balls, could yeah. you please throw them back you, on the can field?" Can you chuck them back yeah. on the field? <laughs> Man, it was crazy. But I wanted to talk about this because there's some moments I'll never forget, sports-wise, right? Yeah. Sports-wise, I'll never forget watching Lean and Zoe's first soccer game, which was this year. Mm. I'll never forget being at the women's – we have to do a podcast about this one – going to the Women's World Cup Championship at the Rose Bowl in 1999. Mm. And that's when the United States beat China in penalty kicks. That oh, was yeah, ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous, man. Me and the same buddy, Myron, were there too. That okay. was tremendous. And even though I'm not necessarily a uh, a Patriots fan, seeing Tom Brady's first Super Bowl win was pretty awesome. Not because of Tom Brady, but because it was the Super Bowl after 9-11. Right. Right. And so there's a lot of fear. You could have gotten a ticket the day of the game for 50 to $75. Wow. Because I, I got – Face value tickets, so I had my seats. But, dude, you're walking down the street and people are hawking Super Bowl tickets for 50 bucks. Wow. Because there's so much fear that yeah. the stadium might be a, a terrorist. Tar- right, a target. Attack. Yeah. Target. Right? So that was amazing to see that Super Bowl end on a field goal, a 48-yard field goal with no time remaining. That was cool. So there's certain moments that stick out, right? But this moment was the only one that sticks out to me as a sporting event that I wasn't actually at. Right. You know, yeah. I was at another sporting event. But hey, you know, you you've uh, you played sports growing up. You have anything that really sticks out for you? I never really mm-hmm. watched too much like professional sports or college or like I never attended any like sporting events i more just played them than anything so well and you know just to be clear i did attend tons of sporting events because i suck at sports and i really <laughs> cannot play them yes yeah, so i mean i can't i can but not well yeah yeah so I, I, nothing really like jumps out at me that you know like i mean i watched like I remember the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl when uh, Scott Norwood missed that field goal. Oh God, I remember that. I was in college. I mean, I'm older than you, so I was in I was in 
college for that, and I can't believe he missed that. And remember, the first Super Bowl I watched was the the Chicago Bears and New England Patriots in 1985. That was the first. That was the first football game I ever watched. Yeah, I think the, the actual game was in January of '86, but it was the '85 Bears. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember that. My first, and I think we we've talked about this before, but my first Super Bowl that I remember watching was, uh, you know, the, the Steelers beating up on the Cowboys. Yeah. But one of my closest memories was a few years after watching uh, the Cowboys beat the Denver Broncos, only because I watched it on a mini TV at a 7-Eleven that my mom worked at. Was the that Steelers-Cowboys one, was that the one when Lynn Swan was making, like, stupid catches all throughout the game? Yeah, no, that one I think was because the Steelers beat the Cowboys twice. Yeah. The, the ridiculous one the over the him and John Stallworth making those crazy catches. Yeah. I think that was Super Bowl thirteen. Okay. And and Super Bowl twelve was Dallas beating Denver twenty seven to ten when Craig Morton I know you're a big Broncos fan. Yeah. That was Craig Morton was the uh the quarterback. Yeah. Right? Denver. And uh <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It was nuts. No, you know, it's funny what you remember sports-wise, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, how things like that stick out. Of course, you know, and back to that Bears game when uh, William Perry, the fridge, ran in for a touchdown. They handed the ball off to him, and he just went rumbling into the end zone to score. Yeah, yeah, and you know that you know that reminds me of? I believe you watch the game, right? Yeah. I believe... That Walter Payton mm-hmm. went to his deathbed upset as hell that he didn't get a rushing touchdown. Yeah, he didn't. Bowl. He didn't score at all in that, in that. That's why he. I remember seeing a thing saying he was like bent that they gave you know the first the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't. Yeah, because the game was over. I mean, they won forty six to ten. Yeah, right. But they were down on the goal line a couple times, and they gave Refrigerator Perry the ball a couple times. Yeah. And at the end of the game, if people look at the footage, and I'll, I'll try to find it, and I'll put it up on our website. If people look at the footage, right at the end of the game, you see Walter Payton's face just kind of fall. Yeah. Like he's not thrilled. Yeah. Right? Even though he just the Super Bowl. Else is, yeah. And you know what? I can actually see that you're you're the face of the franchise. You're one of the greatest running backs of all time, right? Yeah. You're the reason Chicago was relevant for years before they got to the Super Bowl. Right. And you're on the two three yard line. They don't give you the ball. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's not cool. I'm I'm sure Marshawn Lynch felt the same way. Dude, there's certain things you just don't understand. Because me and Myron, Myron goes to a lot of sporting events with me. Yeah. Me and Myron were at that Super Bowl. And when they got down to the five-yard line or three-yard line with a first down or wherever it was. Yeah. We just looked at each other and were like, man, they're going to hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch three times. And power into the end zone. Exactly. And he wasn't even in. Yeah. So I got to tell you this real quick. Do you know the conspiracy theory of why he wasn't in? 
<laughs> I think it's something to do with like something he said or did or I don't know. It's like a, a way to kind of get back at him for something, right? Yeah, and again, this isn't my theory. This is just what a lot of sports writers believe, and it's not proven. It's just a conspiracy theory. But the theory is it was a contract year for him, mm. and he'd already scored one touchdown in the Super Bowl. Mm. He had a great game. And so the conspiracy theory is the Patriots coaching staff, not Patriots, the Seahawks coaching staff thought, if he scores again, he's going to get the MVP yep. of the Super Bowl, and it's going to trigger a couple of bonuses in his contract. Wow. That wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. No. Very, very cool, man. All right. So, yeah, if you guys want to check us out, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and every other podcast app that's available on any platform. And then you can also check us out at LympicOnCloud9.com. And, Hamad, how can they get a hold of us? They can reach us at info at LimpingOnCloud9.com. Info at LimpingOnCloud9.com is our email address. And everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We'll talk to you next episode. See ya.